What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Starting with our Patreon questions, Dennis Shuttlesworth asks if we're going to see Cassian's view of the Clone Wars in Andor. So that's something I've noticed in both trailers is that we can see clone troopers. And I do want to see Cassian side of the Clone Wars. It depends on how strictly they're going to stick to uh, when he was born, according to reference materials. And they might not, but he should be six, seven uh, during the time of the Clone Wars. I mean, like he said, he's been in this fight since he was six. He means the Clone Wars. And I think he was seven when Order 66 happened. So it is possible, but the actor who I assume is playing young Cassian in the trailers looks older than seven. So I'm wondering if the clone troopers that we have seen, especially because they're like just white, they might be um, Imperial clone troopers. So like an in-between trooper. Yeah. Like we've seen in the Bad Batch mm-hmm. is that after Order 66, like all of their individuality was wiped away. They're they're right. not wearing different colors on their armor anymore. Nope. They're all white. They look a lot more like stormtroopers. So that's what I'm wondering if those are actually Imperial clone troopers. But I could also see that getting confusing for some people. Yeah. I mean, we kind of got a flashback for Din. So I feel like it's pretty plausible for Andor to also get a flashback. As long as it's quick uh, and the kid is like around the right age, I think it would would be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I would be totally fine if they were like, you know what, Cassian was actually born a little earlier. And yeah, he saw the Clone Wars when he was a little bit older. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. And even maybe he just looks like an older six-year-old. We don't know. <laughs> he lo- he's like doubled in height, but we don't know how. Maybe his planet just has like a lot of nutrients, and he he was a, an he early to, bloomer. He had to grow up fast. Yeah, we fast. we can definitely say that. But like people, <laughs> I bring up the Mandalorian because people freaked out when we got the B twos. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a pretty good sign to keep seeing little flashbacks from the Clone Wars. So, yeah. I I would really like to see it because Cassian was part of the Separatists. And again, this is all like reference material stuff. Um, And I think they talked about it in the novelization as well. It's stuff that I'm like, I could see them altering and retconning, but I hope they don't. And I think it would be really interesting to show that Cassian came from the side that is usually associated with the bad guys in the Clone Wars, even though there are heroes and villains on both sides. Evil is everywhere. (laughs) Elliot Finn wants to know if Andor should have been called something else, even if he is the focus of the series. Elliot throws out Star Wars Rebellion or something, and it's like, you can't do that because it's way too close to Star Wars Rebels. Um, But I, I wanted to dig into the title of the series a little bit because Star Wars has a big habit of doing that. Um, Not just in the series with Obi-Wan Kenobi and or Ahsoka, uh, but also the books like Thrawn and Phasma. Like they, they have just done that a lot. So I do think that we're going to be pretty focused on Andor, even though we're going to see Mon Mothma and the birth of the rebellion, I think it's really going to be within the context of Cassian. Yeah. 
I don't see a problem with it. I think they're going to continue to name their shows after the central character because Marvel is doing that and it's working great for them. So why change it? That's true. I mean, that's just the way like comics are. I do want them to have more interesting titles in the future, but we're, we're getting that. I mean, the Mandalorian, I think is an interesting title that works on several levels. Uh, the acolyte, very intriguing skeleton crew uh that that's a new group of characters so i think they're going to have some variety but the way tony gilroy has talked about and or the series he said something like you have the canon happening in the movies i think what he means by that is the movies show the really really big events and then Andor shows the people behind the scenes, the normal people, not Jedi, not the big heroes, not not a Jedi or a Sith coming in with their lightsabers to save or ruin the day, but just like the normal people. And so I think Andor is going to be that normal person who gets swept up into the larger rebellion. Ivan Blevins asks if we'll ever see an opening crawl again in a Star Wars movie. I do think we will. Absolutely. We have to. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's, that's so a part of Star Wars. Like, that's it's such an identifiable thing that, like, no other movie really does. But, like, I don't know. Maybe the next time we get a big trilogy, we'll get a crawl. That's what I am thinking. I mean, we, we've seen that a Star Wars movie can work without it. Uh, Rogue One, Solo. Solo had a version of a crawl. But Yeah, you but, need like some kind of text to set up the story a yeah. little bit. I mean, Rogue One didn't have any of that, but I, I do think that when we get back to some really, really big story that's not involved with a character we've already met or events we already know about, like the Death Star, then we're going to need a lot more context. So when we jump into the Old Republic or the High Republic or beyond the Rise of Skywalker, whatever, then I think... We're going to need a crawl, especially people who know nothing about the Old Republic or wherever we're going. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I think. When, when we need it, <laughs> that's when it'll happen again. I'm interested to see if they tweak it at all, like change the color of the text a little bit or I don't know. I was going to bring that up too. Do something different. I, I think that's a good point because the High Republic has crawls for each phase and they are different. They're written on like the gold background with white lettering, uh, different font. So I will be interested to see what they do to change it. I think I think Star Wars with the yellow text going into the stars, I think that'll always stay, but I wonder how the crawl might be altered. It could be like the sequel trilogy changed colors a little bit in like the main title. That was just for like posters though. Yeah, but but still like I could see them tweaking it, tweaking the colors in that way just like a little bit. Yeah, and I I wouldn't mind it if they made all the text as long as it were readable. If they changed the text or even, you know what, maybe they don't do it over a star field. Maybe they do it if it's if it's about like, I don't know, figuring out hyperspace technology and colonizing the galaxy, like you might start on a planet and the and the text could go up from that now i'm thinking like it would be interesting to start in stars and then pan down and it's like you're already standing on the planet Mm -hmm. that'd be a different thing i don't know 
But yes, I think we're going to get a crawl again. Let's not get ahead of ourselves now. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> this video is brought to you by Magic Spoon. If you're anything like me, you grew up eating a lot of cereal. I don't so much anymore because it can be very sugary and carb heavy. I'm 35 now and my metabolism isn't what it used to be, so I'm a lot more conscious of what I eat. Enter Magic Spoon, cereal upgraded for the 21st century. Magic Spoon cereals are only 140 calories and have 0 grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only 4 to 5 net grams of carbs in each serving. They're also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free if you're following any of those diets. They come in four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. The fruity flavor is my favorite because it's closest to what I used to eat as a kid. Click the link below or go to magicspoon.com slash starwarsexplained to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code starwarsexplained at checkout to get $5 off any order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So click the link below and use the code Star Wars Explained for $5 off, or go to magicspoon.com slash starwarsexplained to save $5 today. Damien Vonderhaar wants to know if Morai will appear in the Ahsoka series. I think yes. I hope so. I think that would be a really nice touch. I don't know that they'll explain who she is, what she's from, what she's meant to be from, but... I think if we get like a little nod, that would be cool. I think, I mean, we've already gotten a nod in her season two of the Mandalorian appearance and everyone yelled at me because I was like, I didn't think that she looked enough like Morai, but I'm, and so I was like, I don't know. It might just be an owl, but I mean, come on, like it's Morai. Mm -hmm. I, I admit I was wrong in that first assessment. I do think that that was meant to be Morai, just a live action version of it, not the very cute animated version. Yeah. So, I mean, I completely forgot that we got that in that episode. So maybe since we already got a little nod, maybe we'll get a little bit more right. in Ahsoka. I, I agree with you. I don't know how deep they're going to get into that. They, they've barely even really touched on Morai in Star Wars Rebels. Like, that was the closest they got, where Ezra was like, I know you, and Ahsoka said something like, Morai's an old friend. So... I don't know if they're going to be able to get into what she potentially, because we don't really know. It's like she's like the spirit animal of the daughter from Mortis or something. Mm -hmm. And I could see Ahsoka, like someone asking her in the series, like, what's with the pet owl? And her saying something along the lines of like, it's my guardian angel. That we'll or like, put it that way. Oh, Morai's not a pet or something. Like, yeah, just keep it vague and fun and still keep it a mystery. I wonder if we're ever going to learn what Morai is really. Or if it is just, yeah, a guardian angel, angel a watchful protector. I'll put this <laughs> into the universe just because I would love to see this. People would probably hate it. Let's get an Archimedes style sidekick. So like from Stored in the Stone, because yeah. Archimedes is hilarious and snappy and sassy and grumpy. So all of a sudden you want Morai to talk and <laughs> uh, be very upset with Ahsoka all the time. Uh -huh. I mean, uh, Dave Filoni has compared Ahsoka to Gandalf quite a bit, who is very similar to Merlin, Archimedes' friend. So it's po I'm, it's not possible. That's not going to happen. <laughs> And I, I don't, I, I don't think more I should speak. But if there's a who, what, what? Who? Who? I'd like to know who. Then I'll, 
I'll be happy with you. <laughs> yeah. Gets his feathers all puffed up. Yeah. Gets angry. That I'd be okay with that. More I like just puffing up and being like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Tom Nash asks if he should finish reading The High Republic Phase 1 before Phase 2 begins. I don't really know that you have to. I, but that that's, of course, we haven't read anything from Phase 2 yet. But since it's a prequel and it's going to jump into the past, it's like, you'd probably be okay. I, I think that you're probably going to miss out on some little rewards here or there where we're going to be like, oh, that's where Marcion's family comes from. Or, oh, that's where the Eaters of the Force come from. I, I do think it, it's kind of like the whole Vader reveal, like, you're probably just going to mix up what you learn and when. But mm. I don't really think it'll not make sense. Yeah. I was going to say, like, as long as you've read the three main novels from phase one, I think you'll be good. Uh, however, anything involving the Drengear, the Nameless, Dalna. Dalna, maybe. yeah. Yeah. Uh, because those things pop up in the comics and the other books. Anything with that stuff, you'll be a little bit more in the know if you read the, the rest of Phase 1. But I wouldn't worry too much about it. I wouldn't either. I mean, Dalna's a good one. But even that, we've only had hints that, oh, the Jedi were involved with something here. And it didn't go great. And we don't have the best relationship with the Jedi. So that's it. Like, you're just going to know that going in. But you can get that from the actual story itself. I think that's in Path of Deceit. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. On to YouTube questions. ShamSham12 asks, when we think we'll start to get post The Rise of Skywalker stories and what we want to see in them? I don't think we've talked about this before, but uh, this question got a lot of upvotes. So we'll, we'll address it again. I think we're a ways off. Unless something is announced today <laughs> at D23... Um, I, I just don't think we're going to see that, at least in live action, for a while. Books and comics, that's different. They usually announce those a little bit faster, but movies, it seems like they're, they would announce them, and then at least three years are going to go by before we hear more. Yeah, I think in most versions of media, we're probably not going to see a lot. However, during Dragon Con, we figured out something that would be cool involving the sequel trilogy stuff, which was Tales of the Jedi. Sure. If we got an episode of Tales of the Jedi with Rey and Finn, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I, I want to make it clear. We didn't figure something out. We didn't learn anything. No, no, no. Con, like we, we thought of that being an option yeah, for we, a short story. Tales of the Jedi is a good, since it's an anthology series, it can go anywhere. And it looks like the first six episodes are going to stick within the Clone Wars or around it largely. But yeah, the next season, if there is one, could go anywhere. Uh, I, I threw out that we should finally learn something about Tar Vizsla. That kills two birds with one stone. We mm -hmm. get some Mandalorian stuff. We get Jedi stuff. We learn more about the Darksaber. Um, but yeah, we can seeing Finn being trained would be awesome. So Tales of the Jedi does seem like there's some potential there. I think we're much more likely to get post-Episode 9 content in, like, young reader books, stuff for y way younger kids that, 
for them, the sequel trilogy is fresh in their mind. So I think mostly books and short stories, maybe some animated stuff for now. That makes some sense. And yeah, we have, I mean, the Lego specials have all been post episode nine. They're not strictly canon, but I think parts of them count uh, in a way, or at least they fit in my head canon, like Finn being called a Jedi by Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love that. And I choose to believe it. So yeah, I I think you're kind of right, though, that kind of right, kind (laughs) of. Aaron Lewis wants to know why Dengar didn't settle down with Manaru and instead became Rothgar Ding. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some things real quick for people who don't know. There's a freaky looking character in The Rise of Skywalker in the bar called Rothgar Ding. And uh, the reference materials, the visual guides ding, suggest... Ding or dang or... Dang. Dang. Rothgar Dang. Ding. <laughs> the visual guide suggests that that is... Dengar, who has cybernetically altered himself uh, to stay in the bounty hunting game. And be look terrifying looking. <laughs> yes. Uh, back in the time of the original trilogy, he has a girlfriend named Manaru. She was in Legends as well. They eventually got married, and Boba Fett was the best man at their wedding, which is very sweet. And I wonder if he wore the tux over the armor, or like tux and helmet. I, wonder, I just wonder how that looked. But Did they both have bandages all over them? Probably. <laughs> or wraps or whatever yeah. those are. Yeah, maybe Boba Fett dressed like Dengar just to, to look the same. So why apparently does Dengar um, stay in the bounty hunting life instead of settle down? I guess first I'll say that the reference material doesn't absolutely confirm that's Dengar. He might have a happy ending. Um, but we do see him bounty hunting in the Aftermath books. Manaru also seems to be... Uh, on board with all of his shenanigans, although in the Bounty Hunter comics, she sounds like she wants out of the game. Like, she'll help him out if it means they get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe just things end tragically for them. I kind of see this happen a lot in Star Wars. You've got characters like Han Solo, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett. When they go through trauma or like a big change... They tend to veer back to what they know, what they're comfortable with. So I think he probably pulled a Han Solo and like went back to doing whatever it was he was comfortable doing. I think that's a great thematic analysis, (laughs) is that that's part of the struggle of the dark side is that you want to change and evolve and not growing is the easy path. And so... Yeah, sometimes some bad stuff happens and and you do revert back. So, yeah, I I can see that maybe Manaru dies and Dengar goes off and he's like, well, this is all I know and it's Mm -hmm. all I'll be. And he does change and evolve, but not in the right way. (laughs) Yeah, I could see this if it does pop up, like giving her, unfortunately, giving her a tragic death. And maybe he feels like he has to atone for it or, you know, he's punishing himself for the rest of his life because of whatever happened. Or maybe she just gets tired of his BS. Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, maybe he doesn't want to get out of the game ultimately. Maybe he chooses bounty hunting over her and she's like, I deserve better. And she heads out, which you do, Manaru. You do deserve better. 
Williams Rodriguez asks if Andor's potential success could encourage Disney to do different genres of Star Wars stories, and Nerdy Seb asks, what genre would we want to see? I think there's potential for that. I think that there's always an element of let's test the waters, see how people respond to this. I hope the response is good. Haven't seen anything from Andor yet uh, to comment on it ourselves, but I'm very excited to get into a political thriller, something that feels a little more grounded. Like, I really like the whimsical action, the the comedy that comes with Star Wars, but I'm totally fine to balance all of that out with something that feels a little bit grittier. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think the darker, grittier stuff, especially the fact that this is you know, being run by Tony Gilroy, maybe they'll pull more people into projects that aren't necessarily in it because they're huge Star Wars nerds. They're in it because of other reasons. And yeah, I think I think that's definitely going to happen for Star Wars. I will say, though, that I think Star Wars is always going to have, like, just one foot in another genre and one foot in Star Wars. I don't yeah. think they're ever going to veer too far out there I don't think, unfortunately, maybe, that we're never going to get uh, a Star Wars musical unless it's about Size Noodles and Max Rebo and Droopy McCool. You know, there's there's possibilities, but... A Broadway show. <laughs> that is what I want. That is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that even when I, I assume Lord and Miller kind of tried to skew Solo more comedically... Mm-hmm. I still would be very interested to see that cut. I love their movies. I was very excited to see what they were going to do with Star Wars, but maybe it doesn't work. Like some experiments might not work. Um, But if Andor does well, I think that there's a possibility that they're like, okay, audiences will accept a little bit of a different side of Star Wars. Yeah, I think maybe the direction of being too funny for Solo was more attached to like, oh, this is about this huge character that everybody loves. And he's not super comedic and super funny. So maybe we don't want to go that direction with this particular project. But new characters or characters like Tag and Bink, if they ever show back up, you know, that's obviously full on like comedy. That would be wild if they did a Tag and Bink series. Like... If they announced that, I think I would be like, oh, that's a swing. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. I like those comics, but they're also, they're, they're not canon. You could have Even them, in Legends, they weren't. Like, you, you could have them show up in different scenarios that we've already seen in Star Wars. That's exactly what the comic is. Yeah, so, I think that would be hilarious. It would probably be more likely like an animated thing. But that would give them so much more room to plop them into literally any Star Wars scenario that they were alive for. I I would not hate that announcement. I would be like, please be good, (laughs) because I I do enjoy the comics quite a bit. Um, As for another genre I think I would want, and it feels a little weird to say this, I want a heist movie, only because I feel like Rogue One, they kind of called it a heist movie, and Solo, they kind of called it a heist movie. And I'm like, no, not really. You stole something. But when I think of a heist movie, I want, you know, 
let's assemble a team, we put a plan together, and then the plan goes off the rails, but did it actually? Was this part of the plan? Like, that's the fun of Ocean's Eleven or something, is seeing the plan come together, be executed or not. Uh, I guess I, I would want to see something where it's like, we're going to rob Jabba the Hutt's palace, mm. and here's how we're going to do it. Like... I, I think that would be really fun instead of just a, we're going to steal this thing and we're going to make it up as we go. Yeah. I could see that happening as an episode of a show. Like if Hondo or someone like like him shows up in a show, he gets his own episode. Let's make it a heist episode. I would love a Hondo-centric heist. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Make it happen, Star Wars. Let's do it. Nick and Milo's Hyperspace says they saw us at DragonCon and asks what our favorite panel of the weekend was. I thought we would just run through some of the stuff we saw. I guess I think the first time we have ever gone to the Star Wars costume contest was this year. And that surprises me. And I kind of wish we had done it in previous years. Mm -hmm. It's more just a timing thing. But we, we had a friend who entered this year and uh, we wanted to go support him. He did Bro-Katan. Uh, which I'm still, he took the helmet off and his hair looks just like Bo-Katan's the way he cut it. And I was so impressed by that. So we wanted to go watch that, but... Justice for Bro-Katan. Yeah, <laughs> but the whole thing was super fun. So uh, I'll say that one. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy that one because we, we, we hardly ever go to new panels at DragonCon. Um, I mean, obviously, trivia is always going to be kind of my favorite thing at dragon con whether or not i'm in it or not i mean i wasn't gonna bring it up but well i'm bringing it if up you, if you want trivia. to if you want to talk about trivia we can I, talk about trivia alex won <laughs> yay for him that's two where did luke skywalker build the new jedi temple that was destroyed by kylo ren No. Within reason. For example, if you spell it Mustafar. Alright. Shall we reveal? That was Asus. Correct. Alright, Alex. with three other people for the last two spots to get up there and play and we had to draw straws <laughs> so i drew i drew the wrong straw so i had to sit out this year which was a bummer but it was a fun. bummer because i know you would have done well with those questions yeah it's but, fine but next time it's fine uh, you've still been a high <laughs> scorer four years in a row yes i'm getting better i think mm -hmm. so i'm not regressing you, you got third place last year. I think you could have gotten second place this year. I think you could have. Next time. Maybe Next first. Next year I don't is know. my year. Everyone else coming for it, you get out. Uh, you were just downstairs studying by reading The Princess and the Scoundrel. So that's true. That's everything is studying. I'm now. trying to read more. And, you know, hopefully I'll remember what I read <laughs> because that's hard too. Um, 
I'll also shout out the author panel. That one was a lot of fun. They had a ton of authors this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, oh yeah, and it's okay to say this because apparently they announced it at Star Wars Celebration, but Delilah Dawson said she's working on another Star Wars book, which we both like pumped our fists at. We hadn't heard that. <laughs> Although I felt like the panel was like, you know, some panels like that I wish could be a little bit longer because when they asked for audience questions, like, so many people lined up, and we only got to hear a couple. But with that many people on one panel, it just kind of goes on a little longer than normal. Well, it was like seven authors. And yeah, uh, Brian Young, who moderated, did a great job and only asked three questions. It just took a long time to get through them. And so then when we got to audience questions, it was like, well, we have time for like three of those. So yeah, if there's going to be seven authors on the panel, then give it an extra half hour. That would have been nice. Yeah. But yeah, all all the Star Wars panels were great. I don't think we went to any panels that weren't Star Wars. No. I mean, we used to years ago, but we have so many other things going on, and we're also just there to relax, relax. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if we have to wait in a line for a panel for too long, chances are we're not going to go. Yeah. But yeah, the Star Wars stuff was great. Yeah. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.